This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here with another edition of Energy Markets. To find out more about us, check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts and other information. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. You can check out their podcasts and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is September 11th. We're in uh, late afternoon, and uh, we had a nice rally today. Andy, why don't we start off for, with uh, what happened today, and uh, maybe that'll lead us right into the uh, uh, chat about the Iranian sanctions that we want to start off with. Yeah, we, we had a big day today, up, uh, up almost $2, uh, WTI closing around um seven let's see wti closed you know, closing number well close to 69 40 ish you know move, moving in on uh moving in on 70 dollars and uh, the headlines Jim, today were uh, that the market uh, seemingly the head it's been the headlines for months actually is that the market is concerned about the uh iranian sanctions and you know, I know we've been talking about it, what month in and month out, but we are getting closer. Uh, November fourth is is the day that uh, the sanctions go into effect, and uh, I think the market is finally coming to grips with the fact that uh, yeah, we are we are going to lose uh, some significant supply out of the uh, out of the Iranians, and uh, you know, I, I think we've been talking about doing these balances over and over and over again and um you know it looks like fourth it looks like fourth quarter which is beginning in just a few weeks we're, we're going to see a, a a pretty pretty healthy uh healthy stock draw so um what what do you think the, the market has um built into it for iranian exports I and mean, we, we've been averaging around 2.6 million a day yeah, if you take the year average, it's been two point six of of both crude and condensates. Uh, some months, you know, lately in uh, June and July was way higher than that, as uh, buyers scramble to uh, lift additional barrels. Uh, and as we head into uh, August, it's already beginning to uh, decline. It's probably I don't know two one two two, and September it's going to go it's going to go lower. I still think the market's around uh, around a million barrels a day, Jim, uh, give or take a couple of hundred thousand from that. Um, that's that's a decline. Decline. Right? Yes. Right. Yeah. That, okay. That, that, that's a that's a decline. Um, and as we've been saying, it, it could be more than that. It, it could be less than that. But you know, I, I think the big developments. Uh, China has said that uh, they're gonna they're gonna keep taking barrels from Iran. It's part of their, their global strategic strategy. Uh, they lifted 
averaging like let's say 700,000 barrels a day and I, I think it's going to come in right around there so you know the Trump administration has talked about going to zero it's not going to go to zero uh, because of the Chinese and uh, what the Iranians have worked out with them is uh, they're basically going to they're going to pay both the insurance and freight to get around the secondary sanctions on uh, insurance and freight and India is working on the same deal. India is their second largest, their second largest buyer, and uh, the Indians who who averaged uh, around six hundred a day uh, are also working with with the Iranians on uh, in, on in buying at CIF with insurance and, and freight. So uh, they bought. Uh, so between the two, there's already one point two seven five. But I think India is not going to be lifting all six hundred. They're looking elsewhere, but. They're they're not going to go to zero, I don't think. And so, so you you said your number is uh, around uh, one million off, and that's kind of yeah, million, million, yeah, a million, million too. So something like that, you know that that still is going to depend on where India comes out. It looks like South Korea and Japan, both major both major clients, you know, they're they're, they're probably going to go to zero, um, and are beginning to lift barrels from from the U.S unclear on the UAE and the EU is still negotiating, but that may go to zero also from the, from the EU. So, so do you see a situation where, you know, China's getting uh, pressure from Trump with tariffs and in other areas and they just say, look, we're going to buy as much Iranian oil as we can because you keep pushing us with these tariffs. I mean, is that, is that, you think that's a possibility that China comes out and ends up being, a huge buyer, like they buy more. It, it's possible. I, you know, they said they aren't going to be buying much more, but certainly, you know, certainly it's possible. And uh, you know, it'll, it'll also depend on the price and how, and how much Iran is going is going to discount. So yeah, I mean that that's a scenario where where um, you know less less barrels are affected from uh, from Iran, and we'll see, again we'll see where the, the EU comes out, but. I, I don't think much is going to come from the EU, and, and Turkey is going to still buy from the uh, is still going to buy from the Iranians. You know, they're, they're also major, uh, uh, not a major, but you know, they, they bought they average about one hundred eighty thousand a day, and I, th I think it's going to come in right around right around there. And um, so now we have, let's say, we do have a million barrels of Iranian crude off by um, November. Um, what's what's the OPEC response, or I should say the Saudi response? Or no, well, I guess no, OPEC, I think no. you could, you could yes. say the OPEC. You could yes. say the OPEC response. Uh, they can make up a, a, a lot of that. We've already seen. Sorry, we've already seen uh, the UAE and uh, Kuwait go up on uh, you know on their production by about let's say two hundred between the the two of them, and, and Saudi's gone up you know by five or six. Let's say let's say they're at ten. You know they're probably like ten four five right now. Um, so you know there's there's six fifty from uh, those two. Libya has gone up from their decline. Nigeria as well has gone up a little bit, as has uh, Iraq. But uh, you still have Venezuela going. You know Venezuela is going down. Um, so net, you know, we see OPEC production probably 
three uh, down by three or four hundred thousand barrels a day, uh, maybe a little more from uh, where it was in uh, in July, and and in uh, where it was, let's say, in uh, August. I'm sorry. And um, we've just mentioned the uh, possible um, tariffs with not possible they're happening with china but the um the, the trade wars uh we're talking about world demand i mean there's, there's been a little bit uh talk that uh world demand will be flagging uh one because of the uh, trade wars and then number two because the emerging emerging markets are taking a uh major pummeling at least their their stock markets and uh, i was just wondering if you see you know what's your outlook for demand uh you know rest of this year next year and um are you, you know, are you starting to see any uh, decline in demand? No. No. Actually, no. <laughs> simple you know, I'd like okay. to say, oh, man, demand is falling apart. But, you know, it really isn't yeah. uh, yet. You know, it doesn't mean it, it can't. But, you know, it, 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 it isn't. In fact, the IEA earlier this month actually increased their call for uh, demand for uh, both this year and then next year marginally. But, you know, the point is they didn't decrease it. And right. Although they give a warning, you know, that, listen, they, it could definitely have an effect. And, of course, it, it, it could on um, diesel demand, certainly, jet fuel demand, some petrochemical, you know, on all, on all demand it could. You know, but the, the question, of course, is, is uh, you know, how, how much, if any. But so far, the evidence is, is no. Asian demand is still, is still really strong. Now, emerging market demand is harder to gauge. And it probably is being, you know, probably is being shaved, but you know, we're, we're uh, you know, we're not seeing it. And you know, they're in they're in as we talk about the fourth quarter as demand goes up. You know, the OPEC production is not going to be OPEC and non-OPEC production together, even with a Russian increase, is not going to be enough to meet the uh, to meet the higher demand. And we're going to start seeing, I think, you know, a pretty good stock draw in the fourth quarter, which is what, you know, which is what the, the market being so, the market's been in a trading range, but, you know, it's by and large being supported. You know, we're not seeing the, these big, any sell-off has been, has been supported. Yeah. I, I, usually when I uh, come into these uh, podcasts, I say we had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on over the last month. And, um, you know, I'm looking back and we're, we're beginning to see a, uh, more and more well-defined uh, trading range from I don't know what's what's WTI it would be like sixty-four to seventy-one. That sound yeah, right? it got you know WTI did get up over oh, oh, earlier in the summer. It got up over seventy, you know, seventy-five. I think so. I'm looking at a chart right now. Uh, oh yeah, I was looking. Seventy-five, look seventy-five, twenty-seven. But lately, it's been just in this you know, seventy-two, sixty-three, seventy-two type range, which is pretty much what we had been looking for. And I think what the market has kind of, you know, grown, grown pretty comfortable with, you know, that 75, that rally, Jim. Yes. I, I think that, you know, that's really what the market is all about because that rally took place when the market was completely freaking out about Libya because Libyan exports, you, you remember went to like, I don't know, zero. Right. Earlier this summer. And, you know, you look at these balances and we really need these Libyan barrels. I mean, we need Libya, Nigeria. We need everybody 
to come through uh, in order to prevent a real, you know, a real significant stock draw. I mean, the market could live with a few hundred thousand barrels a day of a stock draw, but you know, if Libya goes down again, you know, the Saudis aren't going to be able to replace all of that. You know, or, or if Nigeria goes down, I mean, there's no spare. There's really there's not that much spare capacity. You you don't have confidence that the Saudis will start pumping out willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, based on past performances, based right? on past performances, as, as we've said, yeah, they they like to sell what they they say is demand for their crude, and you know. Part of that is what price they charge for the for their crude. Now I'm sure if Libya went down, the you know the Saudis would yeah they they would they would increase production. Right. But you know they're ten five now. They're they're sustainable is maybe twelve maybe. You know the, I, don't, I don't know how fast they can get up to twelve. You right. know if it's if it's that, you know who knows. You really don't want to find out. Right, right. Be in a world of hurt. Yeah, and the price would be probably <laughs> soaring at that point. The price would be, yeah, the price would be in, in three figures, I think. Now, I, don't, I, I mentioned the uh, trading range, and, you know, in, in my experience as uh, an options guy, once people, traders, get to see this trading range, uh, you know, painted out on the charts, then they want to be, it, it makes you say, well, I can, I can sell these calls and these puts and because you look at this chart and, and usually it, when it, once it's, you know, traded out that uh, clear looking range, it's, it's getting to the point where it's going to bust in one direction or the other. So I just, I just want to take this point and, and mention that. And also the, you know, the EIA report came out today, um, the monthly um, short term energy outlook. And in, in they uh, uh, highlighted some Brent calls, which is kind of unusual. Very. Them. Yeah, so they, they were talking about how, how active the DC-80 calls were uh, over the last uh, few months. And, and um, I looked at the open interest, and there's 46,735. And that's a pretty good number. That It's the second highest open interest in Brent. Um, the, the number one is the DC-100 call. At forty nine thousand four twelve. So, so these have been trading all year long as people were wait, you know, uh, uh, trying to play a potentially tight fourth quarter, which you you say is in the offing. I mean, it's, it, it it seems to be coming to pass. In in the WTI, it's a little different. Um, the these fifty put. Is the is the number one open interest thirty nine thousand, and the DC eighty call um, is almost thirty eight thousand. So uh, there's a whole bunch of December calls in WTI that are uh, have a, have significant open interest as well. So I, it it looks to me like you know this will be the the most anticipated market move of all time. I mean, right. you know we've been talking about it for how right. many months? We've been about it all year. Right. So in that. That bothers me. So, yeah. can can you make a case for like uh, breaking out of the downside of this range? I think yeah. I think you can make a case. Let's say these demand numbers do start coming in soft, uh, or there's a you know a further deterioration on the on the macro. Yeah, I I, I think that that's certainly one thing that could happen. And 
let's say Iran is able to export more than what we think. Right. Uh, let's say Libya continues to produce around a million barrels a day. Nigeria increases production. You know, we, we start getting more, more OPEC and, and non-OPEC production. Canada, Canada Brazil uh, are slated to have uh, production increases. Yeah, I mean, maybe, it, it, maybe the fourth quarter is the stock draw. You know, maybe it's a stock build, you know, and, that, and that'll, that'll certainly mess up a lot, a lot of traders. And that, but that's not, that's, not your, that's not what you're looking for. You're just saying it's – I mean, we've done this a long time. Anything is possible. But you're saying sure, that's – Sure. Yeah, yeah. Anything's possible. Um, now yeah, – and, and, and I think, Jim, that, you know, at least for WTI, uh, as we head into turnarounds now, we are going to start seeing stocks – crude stocks build. And one thing that was really bearish um, that, that we talked about before the podcast is the short-term energy outlook that came out today. And it, it, it's, it's shown this over the last few months. The market pays no attention whatsoever to it. But you know, it, it, it's saying that crude stocks are going to build like 75 million over the next six or seven months seven or eight months and the total U.S. stocks are going to build like uh, build a hundred million. So, you know, at least according to the EIA, we're going to have a pretty big uh, stock build and we're going to get like total inventories up over 1.3 billion barrels, which, which is, you know, that, that's, that's a lot of inventory. Now, most people, including myself, do take those numbers with a big grain of salt. But Jim, we attended that. Remember that conference we went yes. to? And they talked about their model. Yes. And their model was pretty good. I mean, I was really, I was really impressed, you know, that that they had, you know, they had a lot of their input variables I thought were really good and they tested it a lot. So, you know, I I, I really, I really think the EIA doesn't get respect for their, for their uh, short term, their monthly report. I mean, OPEC gets a lot of press and the IEA, but the EIA just kind of, it's out. Sometimes it, it, it makes a splash, but most of the time it just, everybody's waiting for, I guess the IEA is sort of, sort of the, uh, well, the IEA is the, it's the main one, right? It's the main one. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, and, the Bible. The other thing yes. that was really interesting in that short term energy outlook was that they uh, reduced their expectations of us crude production for next year. Yes. Uh, by a lot. Uh, I mean, 200 a day. That's, that's, that's and, pretty big. And they're, I mean, I think they mentioned uh, severe constraints in the uh, pipeline takeaway capacity is one of the reasons for that. I mean, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And in fact, over the last month, both, um, I know Schlumberger, I think Halliburton as well, was saying that, that you know, they, were, they weren't seeing, you know, the activity in the Permian was, was much less than, than what they had expected. So... You know, I, I can't say I'm surprised that it was reduced. Look at these, look at these differentials. Yeah. I mean, what was the, uh, I don't trade this, so I don't, let me just read this. The Midland minus, uh, what do they call it, Meth, the Magellan East yeah, Houston. Mid- right. Uh, got down to almost minus $24 on September 4th. That's a pretty hefty spread. That's, yeah. It's just, I mean, and, and it's probably going to get worse. You know, the, that could that could go out to any number because there's no way to get it out. And the, and the pipelines come online. Is it 
Any any of them this year, or are they all coming? Uh, Two thousand some in the fourth. Uh, I think some in the fourth, but nothing nothing significant until like third quarter next year. You know, I think by fourth quarter things will will you know things will things will be will even out a little bit. But you know, it still looks like there's going to be a big deficit of, of pipeline capacity to production for we're talking months now. Right. And it, and it's put pressure on the uh, Brent TI spread, and uh, and um, I guess that's uh, an incentive to export uh, oil from uh, the Gulf. But you can't get as as much there as you want. But still, it, it should it should oh, stimulate. Exports, yeah, right. Exports are definitely they they were they were down in uh, they were down a lot in August. They they certainly will increase a lot in in, in September. Uh, let's see. I actually have these numbers. Uh, exports in July were 2.1 million barrels a day. In August, they were down to 1.6 million barrels a day. So you know, yeah. I, they'll they'll probably move back up. You know, into the closer to two. Man, it looked to me like everybody took August off. I don't know. It's just the, the trading volume seemed to just disappear for a while. And uh, you know, I I know it's. I was looking at uh, John Kemp's from Reuters does a, an excellent uh, weekly report on the uh, fund activity, and he's got a beautiful uh, chart chart book in there. I suggest everyone uh, just Google it and you find it. But um, you know, he was saying for months now, I guess because of this trading range as well, funds have been liquidating uh, length, and then about uh, the last two weeks, uh, they've been adding length, but we're still not even close to the you know, the, the net length from, you know, a few months ago. And, you know, today's action was probably a little fund, uh, some serious fund buying and they've got more to go. I mean, they could, they could really get this thing maybe busting through that range on the upside. Yeah. I, I think it's possible, you know, that the, um, WT, the Brent is really where they, they've added, uh, they've added almost a hundred thousand in length on the, on the Brent market. In the last two weeks, well, ninety-two thousand to be precise. But nevertheless, that's the yeah, that's a huge that's a huge amount. But Brent is only eleven to one long to short. WTI is fifteen to one. You know they, those have been the WTI has been over twenty to one. I mean, right? One point it was twenty-seven to one. I'm just looking at my numbers here. Longs to short, which was way over, which is way overdone. But I think you're right, Jim. I think I think we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some spec money coming in. And yeah, if they keep coming, sure, maybe we do. Maybe we do break out, you know, get get to the upper end of the range or or even higher. So um, the weekly numbers, the the EIA puts out the uh, weekly uh, uh, stock numbers for uh, crude oil. You know, we look at crude oil, gasoline, and distillates, and um, and they they show the chart uh, of the stock levels compared to the five year average. And if you look at these three, um, crude oil is kind of in the middle. This would be the of the high and low, the five year high and low. Um, distillates seem to be on the low end, and gasoline's on on the high end. It, you just kind of take each three, and you know, you mentioned uh, you know the EIA looking for stocks to build a lot. Can you just kind of pull apart, you know, those, those three uh, areas and, 
you know, tell us what you think going forward is going to happen. Well, gasoline has been, we're not seeing any big growth in, in gasoline demand at all. Export demand has been, has been okay. Inventories, I was writing in our monthly actually that I thought gasoline was improving a little bit because we're, we've drawn some stocks here in the last couple of months. And I think we're going to draw again in September. Of course, there's this big storm. Uh, Florence is about to hit uh, the, the Carolinas and that, that we'll, we'll see what happens with, with any, you know, ports or any energy uh, infrastructure. The colonial pipeline is west. Uh, it goes through the Carolinas, but it's west. But we'll, you know, we're, the, the, that could that could change things. But let's say nothing's changed. Uh, um, gasoline, I, I think, is going to get a little bit better and a little bit better in balance. Uh, but still, nothing nothing really to write home about. Uh, the big demand growth is not U.S. demand. You know, it's going to be it's going to be uh, export demand. It's and in, ter- in terms of you know, refinery supply, we're, we're fine. You know, we, we, speaking of export, I mean, do we just have one export market in Mexico? I know Mexico's been taking like all our gasoline. And one, one of the, um, goals of, uh, the new Mexican president Obrador, uh, is to increase their refinery capacity and increase their production. And he says by the end of his term, he wants, uh, Mexican production will be 2.6 million barrels a day. It's currently like 1.8, 1.9, something like that. Mm. Um, so he's he's on it, actually. You know, he's, <laughs> he's actually saying the exact yeah. things he should be saying. Right. Now, that, whether they get there or not, that's well. There's also like this: these the shale goes right across the border, and it's being produced in the U.S. and not in Mexico. So there's there's you know there's just I think a lot of acreage that they can get after if they decide to get after it, right? Well, plus uh, all their uh, offshore, uh, right, right. Yeah, they're, they're, but that you know, a lot of their fields have been you know in pretty steep declines, like the Contarell field, which is their you know their major production. Um, you know, it's been going down seemingly every single year. For decades, not for decades, you know, for like ten years. Uh, but yeah, they're they're clearly a key a key market for us as is uh, you know as as is Latin America. Gasoline, we, we've been so so just to finish up on, on gas, really doesn't look that interesting, Jim. Right. Yeah. You know, I've been saying this for months, and right. we've had some spikes. You know, there've been it has. You know, we've seen some backwardation in, in New York and right now pump prices are, you know, on, on the rise, which is not going to help too much. But, you know, gas, it's hard to get all that excited. Now, one thing that, you know, the, the cracks are beginning to rally. And Jim, I, I think both of us has learned, have learned when you head it, when it's September and October. What you always say this. Right. What don't you do? Sell cracks. You don't sell cracks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just, there's, there's no, you know, unless you're doing some serious hedging, you know, you, and even then, even then, probably, even then you probably don't want to do it, right? Yes. I mean, it's, you just don't want to, you, you don't want to mess with it. 
And uh, there's another storm behind this one. So, uh, but cracks, you know, and they've, and they're rallying, you right. know, the, the, the diesel cracks going crazy. Diesel, I, I was, I've been turning sort of neutral on, on distillate, you know, it, it's rebuilt the last few weeks. I think it's going to be steady in, in September and, uh, you know, may, maybe a slight decline, but, uh, but, you know, distillate went from looking like, oh my God, this is so bullish to, it's bullish, but it's not, it's not, you know, completely out of control as it was early, you know, earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, we'll head into winter with lower stocks than we probably should have. And then we'll see what the weather is. And all next year, Jim, we're going to be talking about this, uh, the IMO, you know, right. the, the, the new specs for uh, shipping. And uh, some of the stories I read, I just cannot believe I think people, I think some analysts have completely lost their minds. You know, in fact, I read one report where some analyst was seriously saying that he thought crude could go to $100 because of the change in the diesel spec, uh, in the shipping spec. That, yeah. that, that's crazy. That's not happening. Yeah. Kind of reminds you of uh, the, the turn of the millennium, you know, when we, uh, was it Y2K? Everybody was freaking out about, um, Oh yeah. What was going to happen. And, uh, I remember many of our clients were not allowed to sell call out op or sell options in general. And the, um, the WTI option vials got above the heating oil vial, which, and we were going sort of into the winter. It's not, that wasn't supposed to happen. And we put on some nice plays for people, um, because after two, uh, after the turn of the, you know, New Year's went by, nothing happened, and the WTI vial came right back in, and there was a cold blast. So you, you know, it was serendipitous. You had really right, cold weather, right. and, and the heating oil market went wild. So you were along that fall, and you were short the crude vial, and it was just, uh, it was a beautiful thing. That was a great, yeah. It was a long I time ago. That trade, that was a long time ago, but that was great. That was a great trade. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Yeah, I mean, when something is, you know, it, it's. Another, it's another thing where you know the the market will adjust for its needs for the change of this uh, spec, but you know I, I I don't I don't think that the shipping the change in shipping spec is going to move crude to a hundred dollars. I just don't I don't I don't see it right now. Right. Well, we'll see. You know, we we certainly are seeing the uh, call buying as we we mentioned earlier in this podcast that. Uh, seems to be uh, trying to take advantage of the um, tightness in the fourth quarter. There's they're, they're in the top 20 uh, strikes in WTI. I think three of them are $100 calls, one one in December, and then there's some next year. I think I think it's the June that's up there as well. So, um, but we haven't really have heard people taking the positions for that issue that you just talked about. So we'll keep an eye on it, though. We'll see. We'll see what the market, you know. We'll be talking about it. Now we'll the, be talking about it. We'll be talking about it. Now, one thing to look at, you know, yeah, the fourth quarter looks, you know, looks like we'll see a nice stock draw, we think, on paper, it looks like. But first quarter doesn't. You know, first quarter looks like stocks could start rebuilding, again, depending on, you know, where the where the Iranian exports are and OPEC production, et cetera, et cetera. But 
you know, the call on OPEC crude is actually around six or seven hundred less than what we're, you know, we're, we're putting OPEC production in the fourth quarter. Wow. So, you know, let's look at, let's, all right, yeah. Like you said, Jim, this is the most anticipated stock draw of all times, maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe. But then, <laughs> you know, then let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that the first quarter doesn't look so great. And, um, right. But all that, that, this, there's still plenty of moving parts, but right. it, it isn't like, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep drawing stocks, you know, on in for like months and months and months, you know, yeah, we may have a stock draw from November, December, January, depending on what the weather is, February. And then, you know, then we'll start seeing second half Feb and March, you know, you could in April, you know, you could start seeing stocks build, build pretty good. Now we have an OPEC meeting in, I think it's third of December. Is that the next one? That yeah, the next yeah, we have an OPEC meeting in December. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's too early. Yeah, it's way it's way it's way too early. I, I don't see the Saudi minister and the Iranian minister as as roommates. Right. But, <laughs> okay. That. Let me put this a different way. What going forward? What what are the things you're going to be sort of laser focused on? Is it going to be a Iranian? export numbers. Well, certainly that's the, that's the main, you know, that's the big change in the fundamentals and where the Saudis come out. Uh, the Russians really don't, you know, they, they can't increase production all that, you know, all that much and, and U.S. production. And as you mentioned earlier, Jim, you know, we'll see if this trade war has any effect on, uh, effect on demand and where the, you know, where the geo politics come in how how iran reacts you know there, there's there's so many things to watch on moving parts it's great as usual. Yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah. the market has really been in this trading rage but so we, so our implied volatility is around 24.5 which is you know up right from it, earlier in last from august yeah it's up a little bit but it's not you know you figure Maybe just look at 30 to 33 as uh, the long-term average. So it's really, you know, it's got this, this trading range mentality. The 20-day historical is 19.1. That's that doesn't count today's big day. So that's that's that moves all over the place. And I don't, I don't really look at that too closely. But um, you know, 24.5 is reasonable. We're still in a range, and, it, and if it breaks yeah. out on the upside, this market just doesn't get too crazy from an implied volatility uh, standpoint. So that's probably a reasonable number right there. And uh, we're, so let's, let's wrap this up, Andy. Um, let's talk about prices for crude oil. You know, we just, uh, like a, we do this for say a month forward. Um, what do you think? Well, it, it, unfortunately it's really, it's really hard to see the market breaking out you know, really convincingly right now, you know, can, can WTI get back to $75? Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I think it could. Um, but Jim, you've, you've definitely given me um, pause in that you're right. You know, we're all talking about the same thing. Right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's, the, you know. Yeah. You know, or maybe, it just maybe, grinds higher. That's, that's yeah, the worst grind, thing. Maybe it grinds <laughs> higher. Maybe, you know, I'm sure there'll be, 
you know, there'll be some hand wringing type sell-offs, you know, depending on where the mat, you know, depending on some of the macros, the macro stuff like we saw, you know, in, in July and August when we had that big, you know, right. big sell-off. Yeah. I mean, you'd be, you'd be a little reluctant to sell this market aggressively going in as you get closer to the November in, in the chats that ran and, you know, and President Trump wants to get it down to zero. It's kind of hard to be short through that. Yeah, right. We'll and, and you don't know what, you know, if there's any, if there's any action by the Iranians, you know, what they're, what they're going to do. You know, they did, they did close the shipping lanes uh, earlier in earlier in the summer, and um, you know, I, I this it's unlikely to this very low percentage that they're going to you know try to close the Straits of Hormuz, but you know, it, yeah. it, it only takes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a whiff of that. And just market, a whiff of that. Yeah. The market just completely you know completely freaks out, and we saw you know the Iranians had. The um, you know there there was some missiles sent into uh, into Saudi Arabia last week, right? So, so not by Iran, but by the the um, you know by the um, rebels in in Yemen, right? So, Who are kind of backed by they're backed by the yeah yeah, they're, they're yeah. backed by the Iran. So you know you always have the uh, Shiite Sunni. Um, conflict to, to deal with so so you think uh probably not above 75 going for for say a month from now and then no, what, be tough to, to see it above 75 and, and what about below uh, I mean, again I, I think um 63 64 on the on the downside would be still you know, good still that I, I think it still should be yeah it still should be good all right um yeah, it's, it still should be good. Okay, anything uh, you want to add to um, this month's podcast before yes. we sign up? Yes. There, there actually is something I'd like to add. Go for and it. And that is a, um, a little plug for a commodity research group. Uh, you can find us, as Jim mentioned, on uh, the – you can find us at www.commodityresearchgroup.com. You can reach me at a LeBeau at commodityresearchgroup.com or Jim Colburn and Jay Colburn at commodityresearchgroup.com. A lot of the stuff that we uh, put out is on our monthly report, which is uh, for sale by subscription. So, um, you know, we're, we'd love to sell more. Um, <laughs> So if, if you're interested in, uh, in reading about what we've, what we've been writing, not only about energy, but Ed Meir, our partner, does an amazing job on, uh, some, of the other, on some of the other commodities, and uh, particularly, particularly metals and, and financials. Very good. We'll see, we'll see you, everyone, next month.